0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Jean-Ann Booth, a serial entrepreneur with a number of successful exits, has 30 years of experience in high technology, and has raised over $100 in venture capital for her startup companies. Now on her fourth startup, Unali wears Kanega Watch, which is the only medical alert watch you can wear 24-7 that has fall detection with a patented quick swap battery system in the band, wearers never have to take off the Kanega watch to charge. And the company's patented real fall trademark technology is literally revolutionizing the world of fall detection and response. Jean Ann was previously the founder of Luminary Micro, the creators of the Stellaris microcontroller MCU platform. Luminary Micro was acquired by Texas Instruments in May of 2009 and was one of that year's top five venture-backed acquisitions. She was also the founder of Intrinsity, which was sold to Apple in April 2010. Welcome to the show, Jean-Anne. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the invite. Sure. And then let's get started. So Jean-Anne, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'll try to make this short because, um, <laughs> you know, that's the challenge about being an older adult is, uh, well, it's kind of long, but mm-hmm. um, I'm an electrical engineer. Um So 30 years in semiconductors and then I retired and then I came out of retirement for my latest startup. So Ah. just to yeah, just to to kind of back that up a bit. Um, On the engineering side of things, I I actually went to college, I was going to do computer science. Uh um, And at that time, computer science was a Bachelor of Arts degree. Uh And I didn't want to do Bachelor of Arts. And so I changed to electrical engineering. So that was exactly how much thought I gave it. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, so I want to start by dispelling the myth that says all engineers know they're going to be an engineer once they're, you know, super small. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. and I want to start also with the, um, suggestion that if you aren't sure what you want to do when you look at college, do look at engineering. Because the one thing that it tells everybody is that you know how to learn mm. and, and that's, that's kind of key to my career journey. So NASA actually put me through college. I worked at Johnson Space Center um, in the Space Shuttle Transportation System office and um, every other semester, and that was how I earned the money to go back to school the next semester, um, mm-hmm. then graduated with an electrical engineering degree, um, spent, uh, I think a year, maybe two in industrial process control and then switched over to semiconductors 30 years there including two startups and then like i said retired um, and then came out of retirement and started uh, you which is my current startup today
0: wow wow that's quite a journey and Uh, uh, a great journey but going into retirement and coming back out i know the feeling i'm i'm kind of doing that right now i'm coming back to work just because You know, I I really have a passion for what I do. And it sounds like you have a passion for startups. Uh, I
1: guess I do. You know, I honestly, when I when I um, when I retired the first time I I stayed retired for about three years um, and I swore if I did something else, which I figured I probably would, but I swore. Mm I would never do another physical product company. And here I am again with another physical <laughs> product company. So there you go.
0: Shows how
2: much wow. you know when you
1: make these, these you promises. Don't.
0: Right, right. So how has your journey with Unilever Wear have been different than your previous startups?
1: Yeah, so it's, Unaliware is, um, let me just kind of explain the name first, because it's, it isn't uh, your usual word. But then Mm -hmm. again, it's not your usual company. Mm. Unali is um, a Native American word. It's Cherokee for friend. And our watch is a Kanega watch. And Kanega is Cherokee for speak. So we're the friend who speaks to you. Which that's to me cool. sounds a whole lot better than, you know, Life Alert and Life Assist, mm-hmm, and,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Assist and, you know, all of that stuff.
2: There's such a deep I- I meaning go with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's such a deep meaning. That's great. UnaliWare uh, you know, sounds really like a cool company. So, how would you fund your current startup? So, so the, the, well, first,
1: the journey here has been completely different. Um, And one of those differences is um, in the funding side. So the the first one is for for all of my startups, um, I did two semiconductor startups, Uh, one sold to Apple, another one sold to Texas Instruments. Um, And then, then we have Unaliware. They all had passion to them. They were all, you know, I see this market need, um, I know that we can do this thing, mm-hmm. and we did, and we sold companies, and you know everybody made money, and that was great. Um, but for Unali, where it's so much more than any of the other companies that I was a founder of, because you know, not only are we passionate about what we do, which is extending independence with dignity for vulnerable mm-hmm. populations, um, but but you know, there's a there's a purpose to it, and so you know, a, a startup journey, let me tell you, this is not for everybody. Um, it's always difficult, always. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that passion, and in this particular case, that purpose has um, made it possible through some of the really tough times to keep things going. Yep. So that's that first way. Um, the second one though, I didn't expect at all, I'll tell you. Um, so for my semiconductor companies, I raised about a hundred million dollars in venture capital. Wow. Uh, but you know they're semiconductors, right? Physical product companies. Remember, I swore I wasn't going to do any more of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought, you know, considering you know what we do is independence with dignity. Of course, most of our customers are older adults. Uh-huh. Um, and given that today the 65 plus demographic in just the United States is about 70 million folks Uh Um, worldwide. It's over a billion. I figured that there would be not too many challenges. I mean, you know, considering that it's always a challenge, but leaving that aside that there would still be availability of money for silver tech, which is what I call, you know, products that are are dedicated primarily to older adults. Uh And, And what I found was the, the availability of money um, is very, very limited for SilverTech and and there's so many reasons, but one of them is um, related to all of those cultural biases around aging. So let Uh me give you an example. I don't know how many trillions of dollars are in venture capital in the United States today, but it is trillions with a T. And if I was to say, I'm gonna do a um, SilverTech startup, there's Mm -hmm. only three venture capitalists that you can go to and in total they have 72 million that was with an m dollars to invest across all the companies so Mm -hmm. that drove number three which is um the funding sources that we did uh for unaliware so so unaliware is now 10 years old i can't believe it but wow that's where we are (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and And so, for the semiconductor companies, of course, you know when you're raising you know tens of millions of dollars per company, um, you know that's that's pretty much going to be venture capital and And I assumed that that's what we would do here because certainly that's what I knew well. Um, but I ended up actually raising the money for Unaliware primarily from angels. So wow. individuals who were successful themselves and and chose to invest their own money rather than being a VC who's always investing somebody else's money. So it's it's been very different.
0: So I'm curious, as a woman, how difficult was it to raise this money? Because, you know, there's venture capitalists that are just not giving money to women. It's a very small percentage of women that get venture capital funding. So tell me your experience with that.
1: Yeah, you know, so so this is a hard deal. I mean, um I I think the way I put it is this. Um, if you're looking for bias, I promise you're gonna find it.
0: Yes, right? you're right.
1: Yep. Um and and you know there there's something that I I Talk to my engineering team about because, you know, we're we're always doing things that have never been done before or never Mm -hmm. been put together before, and and you know the similar thing to that is is with my engineering team when I go, hey, look, if you think it can't be done, you're right, Mm -hmm. right. And so for the engineers, what I say is the next part is, and so it's time to find a new job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because you won't be happy here because we're going to do what you think can't be done.
2: Right, um, right.
1: So, so in terms of... of and we'll um, do
0: it because we believe in it.
1: <laughs> well, exactly so, exactly mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. So so in terms of, of bias and VCs and, and angels as well, um, it, it exists. It absolutely does. Um, But the question is, what is it that you're going to do about it? There was a a fantastic paper that was published in Harvard Business Review. And gosh, I think this is all the way back like in 2016 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But but basically, there were a bunch of students at Columbia Business School that followed a bunch of VCs and angels around at TechCrunch Disrupt in New York that year. And they videotaped all of the interactions and then they analyzed them. And, and there were two, for me, there, you know, it's, it's a full article and everything, but for me, there were two very important pieces to it. So, so number one was that the female founders mm-hmm. were most often asked promotion questions, sorry, prevention questions, mm-hmm. rather than promotion questions. So as mm-hmm. an example, a male founder would be asked, how big is this going to be? And he'd say, bigger than Uber, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then the female founder would be, and what happens if nobody uses your app?
2: <laughs>
1: and then you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Having to defend the negative instead of promote the positive. Uh-huh. And so, um, so so if you've ever had the opportunity to um get some actual public relations training turning those prevention questions into promotion answers that's something you can do that really helps to deal with that particular cultural bias phenomenon that happens okay so that was number one you ready for number two
0: Mm -hmm. i am this is fascinating okay (laughs) so number two
1: was this um, so at that time, so, so I started Unaliware in 2013. And, and, you know, frankly, there just really weren't female VCs. There were barely even female um, angels. Uh, back in 2013, but by 2015-ish, you were mm-hmm. starting to actually see some of that being, you know, gender lens focused. And mm-hmm. so everybody's like, "Oh, Jeanine, you need to go raise money from, you know, this women's group and this women's group." And um, I was wildly unsuccessful, yeah. and and it just blew me away. And it was like, "Gosh, I mean, I've I've done successful semiconductor startups, and I'm I, I'm I'm even I'm even you know striking out in, in my own group." And the reason was also in that article that they talked about the fact that it doesn't matter what the gender was of the questioner, it Mm -hmm. only matters what the gender is of the entrepreneur. Mm. So I was pitching the female investors as women Mm -hmm. and not as investors. And when Mm -hmm. I changed that strategy, then
0: we started Mm -hmm. raising that money. That's amazing. That is so important for our listeners, you know, because so many women struggle with that. And getting funding is not easy. But you have to have the right mindset. You're absolutely right.
1: Yes, yes, you do. And and you also have to um, you know, have your
0: have your head in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what does Wear do? What, so, what is you know- it's a product? It's a product or service,
1: actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I call us because you know, whenever there's not a word that fits what I want, I make my own. Right? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like it. So, just like Silver Tech is products for older adults, um, we are device as a service. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of SaaS, right? Software uh-huh. as a service, right? Right. We're device as a service. So, with a Kanega watch. You pay for the service, and it provides the only true 24-7 medical alert um, capability um, with automatic fall detection on the wrist in the United States. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yep. It is is really, really cool stuff.
0: And And how did you come up with this idea?
1: well my mom
0: <laughs> Oh, okay all of the- that was gonna be my next question so yeah tell us what was it like yeah. to start a company for and with your mom
1: yeah so so i was retired um and and you know, just so you know, Jennifer, I was happy to be retired. Okay. I, I was I was a dive master on a liveaboard dive boat. You know, that was my dream job. You know, Mm -hmm. it was so much fun and, and I love scuba diving,
2: but Mm
1: -hmm. mom turned 80
2: Mm. and
1: my mom was a model and, and absolutely just drop dead gorgeous. And, and, you know, as she got older, you know, she got, you know, well, she was always slender. She got, you mm-hmm. know, kind of skinny. Mm-hmm. And so so we had that conversation that you have, you know, mom, I love you. I want you to be safe. I want you to live independently. How are we going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. And I went through as, as a good engineer, I brought her a spreadsheet of all of the products on the market. And we talked about each one. <laughs> yeah. and she looked at me and she goes, don't you get that for me? <laughs> I'm not wearing it and it was like whoa. <laughs> and so, you know, I I went away and I was I was really kind of bummed cuz I was very proud of my market research. And uh-huh. and then I realized, you know what? I, I I'm a nerd. I'm tot- I am not the style maven that my mom was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but but I wouldn't wear a pendant, so why in the world would I expect my mom to wear it? Know, yeah. To do that and and so so i i called her back up uh, a week later and i said mom tell you what you're going to finally understand what the joy is of having an engineer for a daughter cuz we are going to make something you're willing to wear and you're mm-hmm. going to make sure that it's something that you would wear mm-hmm. and that's what we did and that's I, awesome. I, I tell you yeah it it, it it was such a gift um we were you know she she's gone now but we got to oh, work on the company together for 5 years oh. and i would not trade that for anything she was the mm-hmm. senior user experience advisor everything we did she weighed in on she got us about the first 100 of the 400 folks who came through our focus groups as we were doing designs nice.
0: nice and she
1: weighed in on everything so
0: and, and did it, she it
2: design it
1: Oh, goodness. No, (laughs) Um, no, no, it's 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 a very seriously technology intensive product, Mm -hmm. not that Uh it looks that way to the user or the wearer Mm -hmm. is what we Mm -hmm. call them. Um, but but in terms of the technology, so, so I mean, it's a smartwatch. It has cellular, it has Wi-Fi, it has GPS, mm-hmm. it has Bluetooth for hearing aids and telemedicine devices. You know, you talk to it, it talks to you 24-7 mm-hmm. each, 24-7 automatic fall detection. Um, yeah, no, she, she didn't do that. And, and remember, when I was saying, hey, I'm raising money for this, mm-hmm. the Apple Watch didn't even exist
0: yet. Right, right, yeah. Because now it has some of those features, but I think yours has a lot more.
1: Yes. and, and More there's, more there's, in the
0: medical area, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and actually more in other areas too. Hmm. Um, because it's, it's I, I call this, you know, the right tool for the right job, right? Mm-hmm. And so, although we are a smartwatch, we're not a smartwatch. We're actually a medical alert watch, cleverly disguised to be a smartwatch. And so it's it's explicitly and specifically designed to extend independence. And so mm. there are things that we do that other products don't do because they don't have the population. And I'll tell you the one that usually blows people away. And and that is this we use speech to control the watch, not not touch. Yeah, because older adults are chronically dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So they lack the galvanic skin response
0: that powers touch. Mm That's amazing. I think that's so powerful. That's great. Now, what, did your mom wear the, the product?
1: She absolutely did. And I can't okay, even so tell she you liked, how many she prototypes of it. <laughs> yes, yes, she did. Um, but, you know, frankly, you know, once once she started the company with me, um, you know, how much of that is she wore it because she thought it was, you know, the perfect style and how much of that was she wore it? Cause she's my mom. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't ask. Her. But,
0: but still but she still, did. So yeah,
1: she, she absolutely did. And she wore every prototype, even when we 3d printed them out of plastic. So yeah, it was, it was, wow. you know, it's, it, it, it's not a bad thing being over 80 years old and having your own business cards.
0: Yes. Yes. It's not a bad thing. And very, very few people, exist in that way. So yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yep. So what challenges have you faced in your career and how have you overcome them? Can you think back to what what really (laughs) made an impression on you as a challenge?
1: You know, um, I've had lots and lots of of challenges, of course, Mm -hmm. because, you know, my career spans lots of years. Mm -hmm. So, So when I talk about the the techniques that I use to overcome them, I think there's really kind of two that that I look at all the time. So the first one is the nice word is tenacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's it's actually stubbornness. My mom and I <laughs> always used to joke about who was more stubborn, her or I. And about three years into Unaliware, you know, she 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 actually called me up one day and she goes, "Okay, T. you win." You're more stubborn. <laughs> that must have felt really good. It did. It did. It, I, yeah. you know, I teased her about that for the rest of her life. But, um, you know, that tenacity um, mm-hmm. is 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 an important part. You could call it grit. You can call it resilience. You can call mm-hmm. it stubbornness. But it's an important part of bouncing back from a challenge. Right. Saying, you know, this wasn't perfect, or maybe I did experience bias here, but you know what? that's just one and there's so many more I can go mm-hmm. and pitch and, and talk to and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think the second one that goes with that is, you know, continuing to look at, you know, where you are, where are you going, uh, where, you know, and, and, and always be learning. So, mm-hmm. so like, you know, I started out talking to you about, you know, that research from, that was published in Harvard Business Review, Whatever year that it's was a to
0: know how to learn,
1: right? Yeah, right. And so, mm-hmm. so you know, had I not been actually looking around, going, why is it that I'm having trouble even pitching women mm-hmm. when I'm a successful serial entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by continuously looking out to be learning and finding a new thing, um, you know that. That allowed me to 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 get that nugget that said, "Hey, here's the way to overcome that. Don't pitch them as women. Pitch them
0: as investors." Mm-hmm. Got yep. it. Yep. No, that's great. And so those two things help you bounce back. But what would what were the challenges?
1: <sighs> well, I mean, you know, um, some of those challenges are simply, you know, I mean, I I I told you about some of the funding challenges for you only right right Right. um and and so between tenacity and learning you know i just kept raising you needed to to go yeah yep right and and you know here today we're in a completely different um perspective and Mm -hmm. you know when i think of times that for example maybe i've i've Uh, face some bias, either that I knew it was bias or or I suspected it was bias, chip on my shoulder, notwithstanding, you know, then I kind of go back to the question that says, okay, if you're looking for it, you're definitely going to find it. So if you think you're seeing it, the question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to move on? Or are you going to let that be the end? Yeah. And I just move on. See, I
0: think that is so good because that's exactly how I think. But a lot of people don't think that way. They're always looking at the bias and saying, "I'm the victim," kind of thing. And I never looked at it that way. I'm like, "Okay, this didn't work. Let's try something else." You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, it, it, for 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 anybody who's listening who is an entrepreneur this is going to really resonate you know if if you're if you're pitching your business and and you're pitching for funding or something along that those lines and it's not going well you kind of go through this little triangle right of of what's going wrong and the first part of the triangle is Um, there's something wrong with my pitch. And Mm -hmm. so you get a graphics artist and they make it look gorgeous and, you know, you argue and, and, you know, strategize over every single word that you use and you still aren't doing well. Mm -hmm. And so then usually the next part of the triangle is it's me. It's Mm -hmm. my hair. It's my clothes. (laughs) I need to color my hair maybe it's my gender, maybe it's my religion, right? But it's Mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. is usually the next piece. And then the third one is it's the market. And and when I went through that triangle over and over again for Unaliware in SilverTech, the triangle actually went, it's my pitch, it's my market. And so Mm -hmm. now that it's such a teeny, teeny um, opportunity for funding here, then there's a small amount of bias that's gonna come in. But you know what? I mean, there's so little money that, that that you know, the bias, does it doesn't
0: matter. So move on, it's, it's not whether or not you dyed your hair. Right, right, move on is, is the big thing. Just don't dwell on that, just move on and find other ways to do what you're doing to get to where you need to go. Right, yeah, I love that. So what does it mean to be an industry disruptor?
1: <laughs> uh, an industry, just so. So that's that's actually me, right? So, you know, I told you when we started, you know, where, you know, a decade ago means that the Apple Watch didn't exist, and here right. I am. No. I'm pitching, creating something you know, that's never
0: been there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, and and nobody said, and you know, and it was I don't know how many years before an Apple Watch finally put cellular capability in the watch, but we did mm-hmm. right off mm-hmm. the bat, right? Right. Right. So industry disruptor means a couple of things you're always ahead so there's a very large contingent of people who go you're never going to be successful Mm -hmm, and you have mm -hmm. to just ignore them yep yep and and there's also because you're always ahead there's also a bunch of fast followers who try really hard to copy what you're doing
2: Uh, and so you
1: have to watch out for those guys too um and so you know another piece of that is um people who who are um really good industry disruptors probably aren't usually the best corporate employees mm-hmm. because like for me, for example, um, you know, when I've had companies that were acquired, uh, by, you know, a corporate and, and I've told the corporate, Hey, y- y- you guys don't want me really. Um, I mm-hmm. promise you, you don't, and I don't fit like, in. Oh no, we do, <laughs> we do, we really do. And then, you know, so then, you know, after a little while of me fixing everything, including the things that they didn't want fixed, mm-hmm. um, you know, then they're like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and and that is a disruptor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They realize. Okay. That's great. I love that. I mean, we have a few disruptors we know about. It's Uber and, you know, the the phone. I mean, the phone is really a disruptor today. It's changed how you, if you have a camera, if you have another device for a camera, alarm clock. You know, there's so many uses. And now with all your medical uses, it makes it even more valuable.
1: That is totally true. And and the interesting thing about that is um, the, the pieces that people don't know and the challenges that we have in some of our regulatory environments, like in the United States, um, if you're connected to a medical alarm call center. What that means is that they bypass 911 and go direct to dispatch. Ah, So they directly dispatch the ambulance people or the fire people, or if you're in a rural area, maybe it's the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm. Um, But the difference is that they're able to say, hey, you guys, you're going to see Jean Ann and she has diabetes and she's allergic to aspirin. Mm
2: -hmm. And, And
1: when you go through 911, they don't have any of that information. No, all they right. know is there's an emergency at this address, go there right. and see. Go there and
0: see yeah. Yep. You're and so, so that right. doesn't
1: that doesn't work so well for mm-hmm. our demographic, right? Because right. more most of the seniors have, you know, two or more comorbidities. And it's kind of important that you know what kind of drugs they're on and, and all of that sort of stuff. So that's where those medical alert call centers come into play. And and what people don't realize is that you can't actually add any physical biometrics so heart mm-hmm. rate blood pressure blood oxygen any of that mm-hmm. stuff with the emergency services capability the fda mm-hmm. does not allow it so wow. that's why the apple watch goes to nine one one, and a canega watch goes direct dispatch through a medical alarm wow.
0: wow and that's that could be a matter of life and death
1: Exactly.
0: That time, I mean, just just the time. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing, amazing. So, you know, this podcast is focused on bridging the culture, pay and employment gap for women in tech. What are you seeing in the industry today from your lens?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not probably as up to date as everybody else. Um, because 2011 was the last time I was in a corporate position after Texas mm-hmm. Instruments acquired my last uh, semiconductor startup, and then then I retired.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think... Do
0: you think I, I, there's been any progress for women in tech? Or I know you don't look at the bias side, so that makes it a little difficult to see it from your lens, but... What, what do you feel is happening in the market?
1: So I think, I think that there has been progress. Mm -hmm. um, And, and also on, on the other side of it, I mean, you know, usually stereotypes kind of exist because there's lots of them, right? Mm -hmm. Of of whatever that stereotype is. But having said that, um, you know, because I had two years of work experience at NASA before I got my first, um, you know, right out of college job. Mm-hmm. I, I actually had the highest pay in my starting class. Um, and, it's amazing. and so, it, it, but but some of that is, you know, what you negotiate for, what you are willing to accept.
0: Right, right. right? And, and so- And your mindset, that, I go back to the mindset. Exactly. You know, definitely,
1: yeah. Right. So so if if you if you want to see um, that everybody is getting paid less, mm-hmm. then, you know, you That's probably will see. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, yep. Having said that, though, you're you're probably going to find some of those situations. And then the question that you have to ask yourself is, so when you do find out that you're being paid less than somebody who's in the same grade as you, that that is a different gender, um and doing the same job um what do you can do? Yeah. do but mm-hmm. right right and and i think i think the key to success there from um friends i know who've done it is you know it, it's simply um an unemotional discussion of the facts mm-hmm. with hr and not right. your manager right 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 and and so if you can keep all of the drama out of it um, then you're much more
0: likely to be successful. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love your mindset as to how you think and break down things because that's the key to success. Every time you think you're the victim, it's that's what's going to happen exactly. I agree with so, you completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's great. So as a serial entrepreneur, how do you know when to keep going with the startup or when to shut down? That's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it, because you know, entrepreneurs it is. just want to keep going, right? But you have to also look at the financial side and make sure that, you know, that it's viable to keep going. Yeah. And you know, exactly
1: what you said, but I think there's even more to it than that. And I tell you, of, of all of my startups, UnaliWare has been the one that has really taught me this lesson. And, okay. and and that is this. You, you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, you just you simply
0: fall in love with your idea. You're sure mm-hmm. you're right. Yep. Um and you have and, a few successes and, and you want to keep going, you know. Yep. Right.
1: And you know, maybe mm-hmm. you aren't right. Okay. So so dispassionately you have to you have to say, am I actually doing something that makes sense? Right. Yep. But then after you do and you're still struggling,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: that question about how do you know when it's time to give up is this, it's a very simple question. Mm -hmm. Do you have paths to go down still? Mm -hmm. And so if you still have paths to go down, you're not done yet. Yep. Yep. So if that means, um, you know, you still have another venture capitalist that you didn't follow up
2: with Mm -hmm. or that Mm -hmm. you
1: didn't pitch yet, or an angel group you didn't talk to, or a prospective partner that you should try to see if they want to partner with you, y- you have to just keep going, right? Uh-huh. And and so, you know, even when you talk about, um, you know, the money pieces, th- there were times in the last decade of Unaliware where everybody would be telling me, you know, jean Ann, you just need to give up. This, this is mm. never going to work. It's just mm-hmm. not going to, it's not going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are today. Um, New York Times um, Wirecutter magazine just called us the best medical alert for on the go.
2: Wow. Not one of the
1: best, not one of the best, the but, yeah, best. the mm-hmm. best, right? So, so if I had taken their advice,
2: you had never would never got to this point,
1: saving yep. the lives that we are saving today. Yep. Right. And so when I kept asking myself the question, right, the first one is, are you fooling yourself about whether or not the world wants what you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And every time I kept going around that question, it would be like, yes, I, I, people do want to be independent you're saving lives every
0: day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep.
1: And oh, by the way, here's another path I haven't gone down yet. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm not done.
0: Yep. And I'm so impressed because, you know, after you are retired and you come out of retirement, I think you have a different mindset. You're not as, you don't have that much passion or you don't have that much resiliency, I guess, but you did, you, you still do. So that's amazing. That's, that's great.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) so, so, so many of those myths of aging are just myths. You know, I, yeah. I, I said, you know, the, the one thing about stereotypes is, is, you know, oftentimes there's lots of people that drive those stereotypes. But when it comes to the myths of aging, those are really just myths. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think about an older adult and everybody gets this mental image of some old woman staring pensively out the window, worrying about money with her walker or her cane by her side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you know that people above the age of 65 are the controlling number one spending
0: um, group? Wow. For
1: 119 of the 127 consumer
0: product categories wow i did not know that but that's great yeah, yeah that's, so, that's so, an audience so, that you should be paying attention to right exactly
1: so so mm-hmm. here's a place where our stereotypes because here i mean it's actually not even stereotypes it's actually cultural biases mm-hmm. are leading us completely wrong Yeah. because just because you're older um
0: doesn't you know? mean that you're done, right? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. There, there was and a, look at there your mom was... at
0: 80. I mean, look at your mom at 80 was now, you know, in business with you. And she had business cards and she was testing and doing R&D and doing everything. So that's amazing. That's right. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. And, and the amazing thing
1: here is, you know, in, in today's world of DEI, there's only one prejudice that is still acceptable,
0: and mm-hmm. that's ageism. Wow.
1: Yeah. Right. Because Damn. we we make all of these we make all of these cultural biases and assumptions. There was a, um, a an ad for Postmates, um, you know, one of the food delivery services, and they had it in in New York subway, and the ad reads, "When you want a whole cake to yourself." because you're turning 30, which is mm-hmm. basically 50, which is basically dead. <laughs> Dessert. We get it. Postmates. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? 50 is that's dead? Well, gosh, I, did, I didn't know yeah. that I, I died yeah. more than a decade You've had many
0: lives already. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. <laughs> that's amazing. Really funny. But that's right. You're as old as you feel. There's no nothing else that stops you from doing anything you want to do.
1: And I think, you know, one of the epiphanies I had when we were doing the focus groups with my mom, we were, we actually had one where um, one of the, one of the members of the focus group was actually um, a guy who went to college with my dad and, and he was telling a story um about when they were in college Mm -hmm. and um something happened and somebody did this and you know they almost got in trouble and you know they stole this and you know Mm -hmm. like one of those pranks that you you do Mm -hmm. in college Mm -hmm. right so not stealing like stealing but a prank steal And, and I'm looking at this guy who's He was he was 85 at the time, and he's telling this story, and I suddenly realized he actually doesn't see the guy I see, right? Uh So that that image you see in the mirror when you get older isn't that isn't who you feel like inside, right? You know, every once in a while I look in the mirror and I go, holy moly. (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah is me that too. really what I look me like because yeah. that's not what I think I look like <laughs> right right because you don't feel like it but yeah you are getting old in in your body but doesn't mean that your mind has changed you know yeah yeah that's great so why do you think the Kanega watch has been so popular amongst people who wear it what is like the main qualities that they look for
1: you know the the most important thing um when I designed the watch, I actually thought it was going to be the fact that it's, it's actually 24-7 for real. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we have a, a patented battery system in the band that means you never take it off to charge.
2: Ah, so you can wear nice. it
1: in the, in the bed, you know, you mm-hmm. wear it in the shower. Um, and since the number one cause of injury death among seniors is falls, mm-hmm. mostly in the bathroom at night, Right. You no, know, this is this is an important protection time. Sure. And, and honestly, that's what made me come out of retirement to start the company was because, you know, if if I could give my mom true twenty four seven protection,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you know you could have I had that
0: peace of mind too. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But in terms of the wearer population, if you ask them, because of mm-hmm. course they're getting a watch that's truly twenty four seven, it's all about fall detection on the wrist, right? Oh. Fall detection without stigma, fall detection where they don't have to tell anybody they're wearing a medical alert device. Right,
0: right, right. It's a watch. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly
1: right, and and you know the maladies of aging falls
0: is definitely one of them. Oh, gosh, yes, I know. (laughs) As I get older, I'm like, my balance needs to be better, you know, because falling is easy. Yeah. And and most of the fall detection that is in
1: the medical alert marketplace is is actually um, they take actors, they have the actors fall and they use that for for the algorithms Mm -hmm. and with a decade of data collection, I submit to you that real people don't fall like actors.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. when
1: real people fall, for one thing, they have a tendency to get hurt. Yep. Right? Yep. That's what and I was gonna say. No we actor's gonna do yep. that. That's right. right. So so our fall detection is actually based on fall detection over the last decade for a long time, it was all just my falls. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um,
2: you know, well, our fall detection in the
1: last decade of, of real falls. And that's yeah, exactly yeah. what we do. It's, it's real
0: fall technology. Very neat. Very neat. Because that's really I see a lot of that in older people. And if they live by themselves, it's really tough, because then nobody knows. And you know, you could just be laying there and not be able to get up for days. And
1: even if you don't live by yourself, I mean, for right. one of my girlfriends, um, her mom loved to garden. Her mom was out in the garden. She she tripped. Um, she she was not able to to get up. I think she mm-hmm. she might have broken her leg in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, her husband was watching TV, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, the volume on loud. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there throwing rocks at the door
0: to oh, try to get yeah. his attention. His attention. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: So, so it's not it's not just about being alone. It's actually about being self reliant.
0: Right? Yep, yep,
1: Being in control of your own aging, and that's important. So
0: true, so true. Wow, wow makes me think a lot about different devices, and that's really, really a great um, quality that people like because the fall detection is so important.
1: Yes, it truly is.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I have a selfish question for you. What is okay. your favorite place that you've traveled to and why? And it's selfish because I love to travel. And so I take ideas from my guests <laughs> if there is a place that kind of appeals to me. So tell me, what is your fa- favorite place or the you know, place that you've gone to and loved it and why? Okay, we'll see.
1: I, I don't know if this is going to work for you unless you're okay. an avid scuba <laughs> diver okay. like I am.
2: No, I am so, not. So
0: yes, <laughs> uh, but
1: that's see. okay. If
0: it's your favorite, I want to hear about it.
1: <laughs> so, um, I I am I am a seriously avid scuba diver. Wow. When I go on vacation, okay. it's not a matter of um, where are you going. It's a it's a question of where are you diving. Okay. So, so two of my favorites. Um Mm -hmm. not not all of these are actually safe right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um Galapagos, yeah, scuba diving in the Galapagos and um also in Papua New Guinea, which I'm not sure I would go there right now, but um but it was incredible diving there.
0: How about the Rotan area? I've heard a lot of Rotan is awesome, yes. I've 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 been to Rotan a number of times. And, you know, I don't know about comparison, but I think, you know, a lot of people have said it's amazing.
1: Yes. And if you asked for some of my favorite dive sites, I have Mm -hmm. one. That is actually in Rotan. One of my favorite dive sites is called Inside Outside, and, oh. and the coral architecture is so cool. You're going in and out of the reef, wow. and, and it kind of looks like a, you know, like a vertical canyon of chain links or something. I, I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, it's really neat.
0: Is there any kind of device that you use to capture any of that? The coral, like a, a camera or Go, you know, GoPro or something like that, or no? Yeah, I do. um,
1: I do have an underwater video camera. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can also shoot still photos, but mostly I do video because I love, Mm -hmm. um, I love actually seeing real wildlife in, in, you know, the real wild. Mm -hmm. So I have cool things like, you know, squids laying eggs and lots of
0: sharks and Yeah, I'm not a good swimmer, so that's not going to happen, but (laughs) I love, love, love hearing what you're saying because it's just fascinating to me. Yep. Oh, that's great. Oh, so Jean-Ann, this has been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. I know our guests are going to love listening to to our conversation and um, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. And hopefully one day, you know, in the future, you can come back
1: thank you very much. And, I, and again, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to speak with you. It was a great, sure. great
0: fun. Yes. And if you can share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Um, the
1: easiest way to get a hold of me is
0: probably
1: either LinkedIn or mm-hmm. um, actually through Unaliware um, and our website. And so that's
0: dot com Unaliwear. Okay, great. Well, I'm sure if there's, you know, anyone who wants to learn more about what you do and maybe um, talk to you about their, their path, that would be great. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This was such a pleasure, and I hope to talk to you again. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you, see you next week.
2: From IT skill enhancements to
1: end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions, covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited
2: time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.